Welcome to the Empath and Narcissist Podcast, where I share messages about spiritual healing from narcissistic abuse with human design, because I believe your karmic experience has awakened you to your authentic soul. You just need the map to call your power back. If you're new here, I'm your host, Raven Scott, and I'm an author and a trauma-informed human design reader. Today, we are talking with Carmen Turner-Schott, an astrologer and author, all about the house themes to complete house one through 12. Oh my gosh, you guys. So what happened when we were recording is my video didn't record, but her video recorded and she said that she could see me moving just fine. So anyways, this will be a little bit awkward on YouTube, but my picture will just show me static whenever I'm talking. It is what it is. Hi, Carmen. Welcome back. Hi. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. So today we are going to finish the house themes. We're going to cover a little bit more new information when we get to those houses about the 8th house and 12th house. Um, And then we're going to talk about some north nodes. So for all of you that are listening who didn't catch your first episode, make sure you go back and you listen to that because we dove deep into those attachments and those themes around the 12th and 8th house. And I think we focus a lot on the 12th house. So maybe let's try and focus on the 8th house today because I got so excited and I was like listening on a personal level. (laughs) I was like, oh, I have that. I feel that. And so yeah, try and be more objective and more inclusive make sure we cover everything do you want me just to do a short recap like a short recap of the just start at the first out just real quick what each rules and then dig in where we didn't get in deep yeah let's do that okay so you know the houses are areas of life and that's you know when we have planets in certain houses that's where that planet's energy will manifest in our life you know where we have karmic learning and different um things that talent, strengths, and abilities. So first house is known as the house of the self. It's our appearance. It's how people perceive us. It's, uh, it's we're by Aries. The second house is the money house, finances, security, what we value. It's ruled by Taurus. The third house is the house of communication. It's the house of publishing, writing, sharing knowledge, short journeys, and siblings, and moving. You know, basic knowledge is third house, very basic knowledge. Fourth house is home and family. It's your childhood, your roots. It's it's the home you have now. It's your future home. It's your parents. You know, it's uh, all of that, where you find your comfort and where you withdraw from the world, the fourth house. The fifth house is your creativity. It's where you have fun. It's where we have pleasure, where we have self-expression. It's where our hobbies are, love affairs, you know, gambling, taking risks. But it's really about expressing ourselves and it's ruled by Leo. And then the sixth house, um, which I think is where we left off last time, um, is ruled by Virgo. And it's the house of health. It's the house of diet. It's the house of routine. So anything related to Virgo, you know, being um, obsessive, analytical, analyzing things, digging deep and seeing, you know, the one misspelled word, you know, getting into the details, um, but also you know, really having a healthy, practical routine, but it's also the house of practical service. So, you know, Virgos like to serve. And, you know, we talked a little bit about the 12th house last show. And and we always talk about the polarities, you know, uh, the houses that oppose each other are always connected. So the 12th and 6th are, are opposing houses and they have a very, have a similar um, play. So people with a lot of 12th house planets sometimes have health issues. Okay, and people with six house plants sometimes struggle with maybe asthma or sensitivity to the environment, allergies. You know, these are things I hear from 12th house people. And it's because of that polarity of the sixth house because they're connected. And so the sixth house uh, is practical service. The 12th house is spiritual service. So the you know, 12th house is all about, you know, losing ourselves and service and mystic mysticism, mystical, spiritual service, healing, um, meditation, and, you know, hypnosis, you know, things that aren't practical, so to speak, more mystical. And then sixth house is very much about what's real, what's practical, what is, uh, you know, what are you eating? What, you know, uh, your work, you know, very much about duty, you know, doing basic things to take care of people. 
you know, if they're sick, getting them medicine, making them food, you know, so it's that practical service that people have to focus on when they're sixth house planets. And then uh, the seventh house is the house of relationships. It's the house of the marriage partner. So on that wheel, we talked about it's the seventh house cusp, which we call the descendant. And that sign that falls on that cusp, that's kind of how we are when we're in a relationship. And that also is the sign that we often are compatible with or attract in love relationships, you know, or marriage or partnership in any way, even business partners, you know, is a seventh house issue, you know, area. And so the seventh house is where we really want to compromise and have a partner and do something together. And then the eighth house, which is one of my favorites. So we could probably talk a lot about, I don't want to talk too long about it, but it is one of my favorites. Uh, The eighth house Mm -hmm. is the house of rebirth, transformation, death, healing, um, deep taboo things. So anything that makes people uncomfortable is the eighth house. And that's because Scorpio rules the eighth house. So it's deep, dark secrets. It's sexuality. It's trauma. It's power. It's abuse. It's also, there's good with it. There's healing and transformation. You know, and if people, all those words are kind of scary. Yeah. Talking about, you know, all these very heavy, deep things, because the eighth house is like you're shining a flashlight on all of the things that most people don't want to think about or look at in the world. And so that's why when people have planets in the eighth house, I started researching this, they often are very perceptive and very um, psychic. So they, they see and feel what's going on around them. They're very sensitive to energy. So if they feel something's going on with mom and dad, or for instance, they would say, you know, why is dad upset? And the mother might say, oh, he's fine. He's not upset. Eighth housers know because they feel and pick up the underlying energy in the environment with people. So that's why I call them, they're very perceptive, very psychic. It's the similar gifts of a Scorpio, you know, kind of seeing through the bull crap, so to speak, seeing the truth (laughs) and knowing when someone's, you know, lying to them. Um, having very deep questions that most people can't answer, you know, like, why am I here? You know, what happens when I die? Um, You know, all these things. And they share with me that a lot of them lose a loved one or someone close to them at a young age, because the eighth house is about grief. It's about loss. It's about, you know, life and death, birth, birth and death. And so all of these very deep things. And I started researching it and I call people that have eighth house planets, phoenixes. And so because that symbolism of the phoenix, um, it's like they go through these death and rebirths mentally, emotionally, physically throughout their entire life. And this is it just hits them. They wake up one day and they're like, I want to get rid of everything, especially if you have the sun or moon there um, and certain planets there. And it's like you just want to start over fresh. It's like something has died. And, and it's just a very strange feeling. It's like an ending. And so they have to pick themselves up dust themselves off and start all over again. And a lot of them have experienced some type of trauma and they're really good at crisis. A lot of them are drawn to social work, psychology, EMTs, you know, ER nurses and docs, you know, surgeons, you know, on call, you know, police officers, you know, all this stuff because FBI agents, you know, CIA, you know, solving crimes, solving murders, finding the, you know, criminals, you know, it's all that kind of energy Just a quick break here, calling all empaths on your healing journey. Are you feeling overwhelmed by the triggers and stress from narcissistic abuse and relationships? You're not alone, and I'm here to offer support. You can grab my free video-recorded somatic healing workshop today and reclaim power and control over your well-being. This workshop includes a somatic healing, staging, moving your body. We did a ritual, meditations. We just went through and spiritually healed and disconnected some cords in that video workshop. So grab that video workshop for free in the link in the description below. I guarantee you will feel so much lighter and better after you've done so. And and a lot of them heal. They heal themselves and they're able to become like a wounded healer. So they often go Mm. into these very intense, you know, professions where they they've been there. So it's like they've walked in the person's shoes. So they know what it's like. 
And so they are very resilient. You know, the eighth house is the most resilient house to have planets in, in my opinion, because it, it makes you a survivor and like a warrior, really. A phoenix, you know, that, that yeah. when, it, when the energy gets old and when it's it's been, you know, repressed so long, you know, eighth house people are known to repress what they feel and they hold it in because they don't have the words to describe how deep they feel. And they'll tell me, I don't even have the words to, to tell you how I feel because it's so deep. So sometimes, you know, I recommend they write or they, they handwrite their anger because they, they can, they have such intense feelings that they just internalize them. And then that can cause a lot of health problems, you know, so they, they tend to suffer from, if they do not learn to express themselves through exercise, through, you know, going out and yelling in the woods or writing, whatever it is to get it out of their, their energy moving, they often get health issues in the in the vulnerable uh, sexual region, sexual organs, because that's a Scorpio. You know, Scorpio rules the sex organs in the elimination system. So a lot of them get, you know, cysts on their ovaries, uh, uterine fibroids, you know, things like that. And and I see that in my research, too, as a pattern. And, and you know, and it, I did some research with people that work in um, sexual assault prevention, which I do, and with victim advocates and people in the trauma field. And I, I can't tell you how many of us have fibroids and cysts in our ovaries and uterus and, and having issues with that. It's very common. And it's kind of like that mind-body connection. Like, you know, we're taking on that energy and it's manifesting in our own bodies, you know, because we we do take on other people's stuff, you know, when you're a healer. And so eighth yeah. houses, yeah, yeah. And and I know we talked a little bit about the eighth I think, do you have planets in the eighth well, house? Well, and I have a I have a question for you. No, I don't have any planets in the eighth house and I'd have to pull up my chart to see if I have any, what's the house sure. opposing the eighth house? Uh, the second. The second? Yeah. Two and eight. Second. Yeah. I have the moon and mm, Pluto. I have to pull it up and see what I have in okay. my second house. I know for sure I have the moon in my second house. So does that, yes. does that affect that you said oh. the planets opposing the eighth yeah. house? Yeah. It'll, it'll sit, okay. it'll, it'll open up your eighth house as well. You'll have a, you'll have experiences really with both, you know, that polarity. Okay. Yeah. Let me look. I have, um, there's a lot that goes Yeah, that's into Pluto, right? Pluto's the circle with the You have Pluto in the second smiley face with a staff. You have that yeah, in the second? I do. Okay. I have Pluto in the second. Okay. So <laughs> so Pluto Pluto is the ruler of the eighth house because Pluto rules Scorpio. Mm. And so right. wherever Pluto is in your chart is where you have an eighth house energy and eighth house issues come up. So we always look at Pluto itself is a big, a big deal, you know, because to me, it's, it's an eighth house energy. It's a Phoenix energy. So even if you don't have planets in the eighth, everybody has a Pluto. And so Pluto is where we, where, what I find in childhood, this is just what I believe is a, is a counseling astrologer, is that Pluto shows where we tend to have a wound from our childhood. And so that wound is something could be unconscious. We may not even remember it, um, but we're here to heal it. And we're here to transform it just like we would with eighth house planets. And so it's also where we can be very vulnerable because, you know, the eighth house is so open. It's where we're vulnerable. So Pluto makes us vulnerable in that area it's in, but it also helps us heal and transform ourselves through that house issue. So for you, if it's in the second house, mm. sometimes I find that people might have a wound with um, self, self-worth or valuing who they are and standing up for themselves and, and what that they deserve to be treated right, you know, because it's about yeah. value. Yeah. hundred percent. Yes. I, I struggle with, in my body, it gives me like the, the shakes, like I'm going to die just to ask or to speak yeah. my truth or what I deserve or, you know, like what yeah. I want and need. Yeah. And, and it's cause are you, you're a, Vir are you a Virgo? Yes. We're Virgo. both Virgos. Virgo rising. And, and me too. And, and I think yeah. that's, that's similar. I think a lot of Virgos sometimes get in these rela unhealthy relationships. I know I did growing up. I, I was, I dated narcissists and they were, they used me were horrible. And, and I, I had to learn yeah. that, that heartbreak, that lesson. So and I just attracted them. 
I mean, it was like, and what it is, it's because Virgo was so opposite that because Virgos are selfless. They're not selfish. Mm -hmm. And Virgos, it makes them uncomfortable to have to stand up and ask for something for themselves. They're good at advocating for other people and helping others, but they're not as good as saying, you know, this is what I need. Because sometimes they feel like it's not right to to speak up, you know, and I went I went through that, you know, um, when I was younger. And and so, you know, as we get older, we you know, we have to go through these things. But um, I think that the Virgo makes it hard to um, to 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 really self. It's like the martyr, you know, the martyr energy Virgo's 12th house is associated with that, too. And so, you know, it's that, you know, I need to sacrifice myself for other people because that's the spiritual thing to do. But it it really, you know, we have to learn that we have to self-care and take care of us first because, you know, if we don't fill up our own cup, we're not going to have anything left to give. And I learned that the hard way because, you know, we Virgos are servers. We like to help. We're dutiful. We're, we're go, 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 giving, giving, giving. But then we get depleted and we have to learn to fill our own cup up. But we sometimes feel guilty taking time for self-care. You know, from other vocals I talk to, I'm like, I'm like, guys, I'm guilty of it too. I'm like, I need to take my own advice, you know? So like, uh, you know, taking off work or, or whatever, like, you know, we're role models to other people. So like in my normal job, I've had people say, you know, cause I, I do work a lot of the, the little things. Like I'll check email at seven, eight o'clock at night. I shouldn't be doing that. I'm off at four 30. Right. right. And so people will notice though, when they see me send emails late at night or guess what? On the weekend, Carmen sending emails. It's just because I'm a Virgo when I like to get things done, but it's sending yeah. a message that they should be working too. And so I had mm. to learn, I remember someone said, well, wow, if Carmen's taking leave, I can take leave too. You know, and I thought, oh, wow. And so I try not to send mm. stuff late because that sends the message that I expect other people to be working when they're off. No, you know, Ooh, and so that's a good Virgos point. have to learn that because yeah, we're the workaholics she... of the Zodiac, right? <laughs> so yeah. we are. Oh, yes, we are. Yeah, that's so interesting. And then we're going to continue on to nine. But I did have a question about so the eighth house is ruled by Scorpio. However, your eighth house could be in any zodiac. And then that adds a different flavor, correct? Like, let's say eighth house is in Taurus or something like that. Yeah, the so when we're born based on your time of birth, place and year, uh, we calculate the wheel. And so depending on what your rising sign is, that'll tell us what sign falls on the eighth house. So when we're born, every sign is going to fall on one of the 12 houses for everyone. So when I, when we talk about a house ruler, that just means that the sign Scorpio and Pluto always rule the eighth house, you know, just like the moon is ruled by can or the fourth house is ruled by cancer and the moon, the seventh house is ruled by Libra and the Venus energy. Um, so that never changes, but what will change is based on your unique birth wheel, your birth chart, there'll be a certain sign on the cusp of the eighth house. So if you don't have planets in the eighth house, we do look, or at any of the houses, we always look at what sign is on the house cusp. So if you have Scorpio, you happen to have Scorpio on the eighth house cusp, that's going to intensify that Phoenix energy, right? That, that healing energy. And you may not have any planets there at all, but what, what I find is that whatever sign falls on the eighth house cusp, it, there's two things I found in my research. Number one, that signs energy, either actual people with that sign or the energy of that personality of that sign are who hurts you, who you get wounded by. So for me, I had Aries on the eighth house and all of the people that, that always hurt me were Aries. And so I started noticing this when I started doing consultations, when I would talk to people, they're like, you know, I was abused or, you know, I was sexually assaulted or, you know, I, you know, all these different stories. And then when I asked when the birth dates, they were the sign that was on their eighth house cusp. And so I can't, I haven't done enough research to say it's that way for like, you know, 90% of time, but it's enough where it's a pattern. Right. It's a pattern that I've noticed where I I ask people now, you know, whether it's Virgo on that cusp, have, did you have a, a difficult relationship? Did someone with, that's a Virgo or with Virgo energy hurt you or someone that's a Scorpio with Scorpio, Scorpio energy, you know, wound you at some time. And it's always been yes. So that, that sign on that cusp 
is really important as far as where where you heal and what kind of people might help you heal too. It's not just wounds you, but also help you heal. So I have a lot of Aries friends at work and in life. Friends, I love Aries at work, but in, in a love relationship, that's where I got hurt from them. I couldn't, they, they always... Uh, they didn't want a commitment, you know, and I did, or they cheated or, you know, all kinds of stuff. And so, but yeah. I still. And where is Aries on your chart? My, is it your yeah, house? Yeah. I started noticing okay. this and, and people would ask me. And, and when I do webinars now on the eighth house stuff, I do talk about it a little bit. And, but it, hmm. you know, whatever sign is on each house we want to look at because mm-hmm. not everybody is going to have planets in all the houses. And it's not a bad thing. You know, I have people ask me. I don't have planets in the eighth. Is that bad? I'm like, no, no, absolutely not. You know, it just means where we chose to have our karma and our learning. And then sometimes it's a blessing uh-huh. not to have eighth and 12th house planets. Okay. Because life is much easier <laughs> for those people. And uh, when I meet them, yeah. but it's because the eighth, the eighth. Unless you have some planets on the opposite side. Of yeah. The yeah. House of you got a lot of, a lot of stelliums. We call it a stelliums, three or more planets. Mm. Um, I found even this, like if you have a stellium in the second house and, and it's all right there, I find that, 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 that person feels more like an eighth, like the opposite house. So if they got a bunch of sixth house mm. stellium, they feel more like a 12th house they got a bunch of second house, they feel like yeah. an eighth house and the it's energy. That's why all it is, is energy. And that's why it's how the energies are going on. And, and, but with those stelliums, it's such a powerful energy of all these planets all together. And, and I had a, I had a guy that I'm, uh, he was a psychologist I worked with years ago and he I did his chart and he had all this cancer or no Capricorn. It was all Capricorn. He was like a cancer boy. I'm like, there's no way. And, and, and that's when I started, you know, wondering about this energy of the opposite uh, sign and house with the stellium. And I'm like, you are like a big teddy bear, like a cancer. And I, and I stress him. he goes, Oh no, I feel like that. No, that's, Oh, I'm very intuitive. I'm, I like to be home. And I'm like, you have like a Capricorn stellium. So I realized that opposite sign takes effect. I call it the house effect, like the opposite house or the opposite huh. sign when there's a, a stellium specifically, like, you know, and I noticed that Interesting. and Interesting. the eighth house is, um, if you have planets there, they're, it's about, it's really about letting go and forgiveness and in letting yourself heal and releasing things and, and dealing with anger and not repressing all that, you know, because eighth house people can repress things and not share what they feel because uh, they don't want to be vulnerable. And then, you know, they can get hurt. And I, I see this in my Facebook groups, you know, I have a 12th house group and an eighth house group, and I've had them, you know, since Facebook started and, the 12th house group is very active. People are sharing. People are telling us all their, all of their, all their pain. You know, they're depressed. They're sad. Help me. You know, this is what's going on. I need advice. I'm, you know, I'm spiritual. You know, just what do you think? Eighth house is quiet. I don't get a lot of posts in there. It's <laughs> like, I know, and I'm like, okay, I have 13,000 people in there <laughs> and, and there's not a yeah. lot of posts. I'm like, and, and every so often I'm like, what is going on? It's always been that way. Unless I, unless I yeah. post as the admin and, and ask them something. And so I tested this out. Mm. Uh, no, they're behind the scenes. This is eighth house, like secretive, hidden, yeah. waiting. And they, even if they need help, they're not going to ask for it. That's a Scorpio too. They don't mm. want anyone yeah. to feel like a burden on anyone or that, and they don't always trust people. You know, eighth house people can be distrustful because of being hurt, right? In the past and things. So it's just important. It's important for them to, to really know, you know, that they can trust other people, you know, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Don't mind the lovely protectors behind there. We all love dogs here. Don't worry. She's been sleeping. (laughs) She's been doing so good until now, but, um, but no, the, it's important. It's important that, that eighth house people know that, um, that they trust someone and that, and so what I did was I post, I posted, mm. are you guys there? Are you hiding behind the scenes? You know? And then I started like hundreds of, <laughs> we're here where, you know, so they're in there in the group watching, but no one's posting yeah. or being vulnerable. So I see them in the groups Yeah, and 
So and I just posted the other day, is everyone doing okay? And then they're all out of the woodwork, you know? And then yeah. when I asked, I'm doing a research study on these eighth house patterns, you know, would you like to participate? I had like 200 emails. So they're in there. Oh, wow. They're just yeah. kind of, they're not, they're probably not the best group that I could do a, a meetup or a circle with, you know, I'm doing a meetup with my 12th house people. I'm off a monthly meetup where yeah. we just talk and support each other and talk astrology, talk 12th house stuff. And I've been doing that this month. I'm going to continue it. And I wanted to do an eighth house healing group, but I don't know if they would feel comfortable being so vulnerable on zoom with people they don't know. So, but here right. are some of the patterns of the eighth house. And then we'll make sure we get the other houses. Um, most people that have got- pa- uh, planets in the eighth house, they often have a death of a loved one at a young age. It could be a parent. It could be a friend. It could be a grandparent. And that death really changed them in a deep way. It made them question why they're here on earth. And and they're kind of born that way anyway. They're, they're born like, like little, like little wise souls. Like why, why am I here? You know, what happens when I die? You know, they ask those questions kind of like a Scorpio. So that's what energy rolls. Mm-hmm. And then secrets. There's always secrets, but secrets are eighth and 12th house thing, but the energy is different. Eighth house secrets are known, but no one wants to talk about it because it's taboo, right? Like uncle Jim okay. may be kind of icky and we think he might have molested my cousin, but no one wants to talk about it. And so the eighth house will, will, will know. And they'll feel it. And they're like, I don't like Uncle Jim. I don't, I don't like him. He makes me feel uncomfortable. You know, it's like they may not even know, but they know energy. And then, you know, and, and no one, and, or I know that, you know, did she divorce? Or is she in love with someone else? And they're like, don't say anything, you know, like, don't, you know, don't say that to the <laughs> answer. You know, so it's like, they know the secrets. They're exposed to the eighth house person, yeah. but everyone around them likes to keep secrets from them, but they're really not secrets. Where 12th house we are, we are blindsided, you know, in the 12th house, Neptune is just illusion. And we're like seeing rose colored glasses and we don't see any of the secrets that are going on. We're totally fooled, naive, right? We're eighth house. Like, oh no, I know your number, but you're lying to me. And so that's kind of the difference in the secrets. And then, and then okay. eighth house, uh, also most people uh, have told me in my research, uh, they've been betrayed. Uh, deeply where it wounded them with intimacy and in some type of trauma that has to do with sexual intimacy or trusting others in some way. That's a big thing. And then Hmm. psychic abilities and feeling energy, being very drawn to energy work. You know, a lot of uh, healers, people that go into Reiki and and different things have eighth house. Um, And so those are kind of the patterns And, and, and how I got these, these patterns here was through looking at thousands of charts. And if I look at a thousand of the charts I've done through the years, the research, I'd say 998 of them have all these patterns. They've disclosed to me. I have, they've recorded, they've answered questions for me. I've done research on it. And same with the 12th house patterns. Um, And so it it is energy. And and the patterns can play out in different ways, you know, um, with the eighth house. You know, some people, you know, a lot of them do tell me, you know, like for me, I lost, I have the moon, Jupiter and Chiron and uh, part of fortune on the eighth house. And I lost my friend at a young age through an accidental shooting. And I've lost some other people too. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of that eighth house Aries energy. That's how it's played out for me. I have a friend whose son is there in Capricorn. Her dad died, her father, when she was 13. And she had to be kind of the, take care of her mother. And her moon's in the 12th house, which is often there's a, a role reversal with the mother uh, and the child, if the moon is in the 12th, that's some of my research too. So the, the child feels mm-hmm. like they have to take care of the mother and be the strong one. Mm-hmm. And that that's a pattern I've seen from people with that specific placement. But um, I love wow. the eighth house. So, I mean, ask me anything and then we can do the 9th, 10th, 11th, <laughs> so and 12th. But um, yeah. Uh, no, that was so thorough. I don't have any questions about the eighth. And I'm curious about the ninth yes. now. The then. ninth to me is, is one of, I would say it's one of my favorite happy houses because to me i'm like oh i love to see planets in the ninth because to me it's optimism the ninth house is foreign travel it's it's faraway lands and journeys it's higher education it's knowledge it's religion it's philosophy it's faith it's hope it's it's ruled by sagittarius the optimist 
um, the adventure, yeah. right? Adventure and always seeing the glass half full, not half empty. You know, they're always see the bright side. So it's like this, um, in, you know, happy energy, you know, belief energy that's like, you know, optimistic, you know, on the go. Um, it's very positive to have ninth house planets. It gives you intelligence and a desire to learn and a desire to travel. And another thing with the ninth house, you know, it rules foreigners, people that are from a different country or background than we were raised, different religion. And so sometimes when planets are there, I, I recommend that clients are, you know, that especially if Mars or Venus is there, things like that. Um, sometimes the partner, the relationship partner needs to be from another culture, ethnicity or religion than you are for you to find a partner. And I, and once they open their mind up to that, then they meet the person and, and they never thought, oh, I would date someone from Australia, you know, and then they did. But yeah. it, they are like, I just never meet anyone. I can't I want to marry, but I don't meet anyone. So when I do their chart, I'm like, well, you got Mars and Venus in the ninth or, you know, these are things to think about. And or even Sag planets, you know, like uh, Venus or Mars and Sag. I see the same kind of thing, too, that they are drawn to people and have better luck in love with people that are different than they are, because it's it's exotic. It's different. It's ninth house. You know, it's Sag. So, um, I love, yeah. I love that. Um, my mom's a Sag and she's a big traveler. I got Mars in the ninth. So I've always loved to travel. Um, my daughter has the moon in the ninth in Chiron. So she, she lived in a foreign country and, and she, you know, that Chiron was, it was hard for her. We lived in Germany and she moved all the time because my husband was in the military. So, Sometimes I find that people that have ninth house planets are in the military as well. Same with Sag. A lot of Sages or yeah. people with ninth house end up uh, being in, in some fear, field where they live in other countries and they have to move all the time. They have to uproot like a military family. And so it's really cool when I'll mm -hmm. see charts. I'm like, were you a military kid? They're like, oh, yeah, I moved my whole life. I lived in Korea. I lived in Japan. You know, so you'll see it in the chart play out. Wow. It's, it's really cool. Oh, wow. So that's ninth. That is yeah. amazing. I, I love, love the ninth it. house. Yeah, that, I only, I, I love that too. And I, I'm married to a different culture, oh, religion, um, but I have Saturn opposing in the third house. From, oh, from oh yeah. Yeah, that, that house polarity. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah karma, the karmic planet you're meant, is destined, you know, meant to be. Mm -hmm. That's Saturn, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, yeah, meant to be. And it does feel like a soulmate yeah, meant to yeah, be. Yeah, it was yeah. karmic. And it was a timing thing, too, I'm sure. You had to go through certain things, you know, before you met. Yeah, I we wouldn't have gotten together if I had just been wiser and smarter in my 20s. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been someone with someone know, else right? and I would have not met him. Like exactly. Like, <laughs> when so you funny. get hurt, it's like those relationships, you know, with narcissists, you know, that a lot of us have had and a lot of your listeners. Um I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it. You know, the things I've been through was, uh, and I really do at the time I didn't realize that what narcissism was or that that's, I just knew that they were selfish and that they were self-centered yeah. and, and they would, you know, gaslight, they would tell me things and make me think I was crazy when I knew that they were lying. But, you know, you just, you make excuse for people because you want to see the best in them. And to me, yeah. that was just, to me, I thought that was like, just how I was. But when I look at astrology, I find that a lot of people with a lot of 12th house or a lot of Pisces energy um, that they often get in those kind of relationships with people that take advantage of their kindness or, and they just, they lack the boundaries to, you know, like a Scorpio's like you hurt them once they're cut yeah. you off. You're done. <laughs> like they don't make excuse for your bad behavior. Where a Pisces in a 12th house are like, well, well they said they're sorry. And they cried and they got me flowers and I used to be that way. I, I'd forgive them. Yeah. And then the pattern well, happens. Done the worst of things and you still stay with them and forgive them. Yes. And someone who doesn't have that aspect, they're like, you really need to soul search. Like, why did you stay? And you're like, because I love them. Uh, I don't know. Because, yeah, like, what do you mean? Yeah. I just did because I loved them yeah. and I was committed. Yes. Yeah. Or like that. Um. Uh, what is it called? Like, um, I can't think of the right word, but like something that's detrimental to you. Like you are, you are um, committed to a yes. fault, yes. right? Committed to yes. a fault. Yeah. It, it, it takes, yes. and no one, it's like when I worked with domestic violence survivors, um, 
it and it does not matter what someone tells you any your best friend your parents everybody can see it and try to tell you it's not healthy until that person realizes i don't deserve to be treated this way and they know in their own yeah. heart and they make the decision that's the only way they're going to get out of that re- bad relationship or that unhealthy toxic yeah. and i've seen it it's within you I'll tell mm-hmm. i remember telling a client once i said listen i said I can tell you all day what I think you should do. Because she said, well, what do you think I should do? I said, it doesn't matter what I say. Because, you know, we know they tend to repeat and go back to the abuser more than once before they ever fully leave. And I said, you have to be ready to be done. And it doesn't matter what I say. You have to tell me I'm ready to be done. I said, I, and she said, you're right. And she says, let me think. And then, and she was finally ready, but it was 13 years. And she had kids. When you have yeah. kids and you're married, you know, you feel trapped and, and you want to be committed. Yeah. You know, you want to, you don't want to hurt the kids. You, and so, um, and luckily, you know, a lot of these abusers don't abuse the kids. They often just abuse the spouse or the partner in secret. Sometimes though, the kids yeah. witness it. But it's still yes. traumatic because the kids is witness. They know it's it. Child yeah. abuse. Child yeah. abuse. Yeah. The witnesses, yeah. violence between their parents. We That's child abuse. And so it's so hard yeah. and, if you can, that's why I love astrology, because if I would have known some of this stuff in my chart or, you know, when I can catch people at a young age, I can give them tips. You know, even my daughter has friends and she'll have me look at their charts and I'll tell her, oh man, you know, a couple of friends, one has Pluto in the seventh and Mars. And I said, she might get into, you know, power, power control kind of relationships, like unhealthy. Like I said, just warn her, you know, and I, I told my daughter and, and my daughter's like, that's so her. Yeah, she, I said, she always, she always has to have a boyfriend and she always has to have a relationship. You know, you see it. People have all your friends. Everyone has their chart. Yeah. And, and so I try to help prevent because yeah. there's ways, you know, but some of this stuff were meant to go through it. And I know I wouldn't right. change any of the heartbreak I had because I would not be who I am today if I would not have been hurt. Yeah. And I. And right after I experienced my Saturn return is when I left my partner and then I met my new Saturn in Scorpio opposing the ninth house. (laughs) That's great. That's great. Yeah. The Saturn return sometimes knocks us, knocks us uh, awake as well. It does. It does. If you, if you've been doing it in, I, I just, you know, and every, and this is the funny thing when you're, when you're a 12th house person too, uh, an eighth house, the people that hurt you often come back and always want to tell you they're sorry. And I've heard this from so many hmm. uh, eighth and 12th. I haven't experienced that they, yet. They come back <laughs> when they're rock bottom, you know, when they've lost everything. And I've had it happen yeah. five times. And all those ones, and you know what? It was kind of like karmic justice. Like, wow. And I, and I was over hmm. it. I had no anger towards them anymore. I'm like, I don't know why you're yeah. calm. I wish you the best, but yeah, I mean, it happened. But, you know, if they would have called me years ago, after, right before it happened and a few years after it happened, I would have been a mess. So, you know, with time, I, I always say, I always used to hate when people say time heals all wounds, but it, I do believe yeah. it does help. Time, more time yeah. that goes by, it's kind of like you forget the the feeling or the pain that you had that rawness at the beginning of the of the let down or betrayal and time yeah. helps you heal and forget a little bit. It adds like energetic yeah, layers. Right? Yeah. yeah. So time is. What about the 10th house? 10th house is our, yeah. Is the 10th important. house is the house of our uh, career. So it's called the mid heaven. Okay. So it's where we shine, where we get out into the public. It's whatever sign is on the 10th house cusp can show what careers might be good for you. You know, what you might be drawn to. And then planets in the 10th, typically are positive. You know, there's some that might be hard, like Uranus and Pluto could cause a lot of uh, career upheaval and changes and transformations and rebirths, you know, through your job. I find people uh, struggle, but if your sun or moon is there, Venus, Mars, you know, very driven to succeed, it's achievement, it's recognition, it's the house of Capricorn. So it's, it's the, you know, workaholic, practicalness, realism, um, you know, working hard and, and having a successful career. And so if like the North node is there, the person's meant to focus on having a career. Yeah. And you've already been a mother. You've already had the home and family thing. Now you're meant to pursue what you love and, and, and have your success, right. And your goals. 
And mm-hmm. so that's 10th house, mm-hmm. you know, those goals and those. And if you don't have planets there, I don't have any in there, but it's okay. It just means I want to look at the sign on the 10th. So like, for instance, for me, I got Gemini on the 10th. So I've, oh, I get bored easy in jobs. Once I master it, I'm like restless. I'm ready. So I, I'm meant yeah. to have two jobs, which I've always done. I've always had this, which is my astrology. And then I have my normal social work job that I'm bored as heck in most yeah. of the time and I'm burned out, but I keep doing it. That's so crazy. Same as me. I feel like I have three jobs, a mother, yes. the podcaster and an interior designer. I'm like, and I keep trying to focus yeah. on one, but I keep not focusing All on right. one. That's yeah. That's what I, I mean. Jim and I, you're meant to have multiple crazy. jobs. Like you're never supposed to just yeah. have one job, one income. You need two or more multiple that duality of Jim and I on the 10th. And, and it's so true. Duality. Because I love it. And I love the newness of a new job. When you're learning the new job, that's the fun part for me. And uh, once I I see this is the longest I've ever been in a job with my normal job right now. And that's why I feel burned Mm -hmm. out because the energy. So I'm just sick of it. Like I know I know what I'm doing and I've been on board. So this is my outlet, my astrology, my counseling, you know, my uh, writing. So I got to do both. Keeps the, the variety for you on the outside yeah. of the regular yeah. job. Him and I mid heavens, <laughs> you know, we have a lot of a lot of high energy, a lot of and being a Virgo, we're I feel like we have we're efficient. We have a lot of energy to get things done. And then you add that Jim and I mid heaven do our charts and you and I are similar. We're, we're, we're always doing something. We're always working. We're always doing a podcast. We're always writing a book. We're always doing. And my husband's like, you're always on the computer. You're always working. And my daughter tells me, but we're meant to. That's, that's us. He's down there taking yeah. naps every Saturday and I'm in here doing charts and writing books. And that's what his life is. You know, he's a cancer moon and I'm like, go on, just go, go on and cook me some dinner while I'm working oh. here and then we'll eat tonight, you know? So, you know, we- it's so fascinating how similar, like you say, cancer moon, mine also is a cancer moon and he's always <laughs> napping. So that's like the difference where astrology gives you more detailed insight where I find kind of different than human design because one may say oh well because both of my partner and I are generators but every generator operates differently depending on their astrology I agree, chart. I agree that, that, <laughs> yeah I'm like how do you nap like I never nap I only nap I cannot I don't nap. nap unless I'm sick like I have the flu or something yeah. really and even then it's hard I don't ever nap and he he has to have a nap <laughs> so every day he's off. And if he does not have a nap, he's grumpy. And I'm like, just go on down, yeah. you know, get it over with so we can go and eat or Take something. Yeah. He, he's done that since I've been married to him for 20 something years. Yes. And I'm like, he's like, just take it. Yeah. He can, he can just sleep anywhere in the car in between, you know, work appointments. Yes. Or, I can't anywhere. sleep on anything moving or anything that is, uh, yeah. Hilarious. But no, let's do the 11th. Uh, all of you can't yes those are the 11th all you cancer moons out yeah, there are laughing know, right? too you're like yep that's I know, me right yeah i <laughs> yes let's do the, the 11th, 11th house is the house it's one of the houses that has been the hardest for me to really feel the energy of it hmm. it's one it's because mm-hmm. it's aquarius it's ruled by aquarius it's ruled hmm. by uranus the planet so it's it's air and and so the basic yeah. traits of the 11th house is it's a house of groups it's the house of friendship. It's the house of humanitarian causes. Yeah. It's also, you know, tied to hopes, wishes, and dreams, innovation, you know, friendliness, social, sociability, networking. So I find, you know, the more charts I've done with people with 11th house planets, I finally kind of figured them out after all these years. They're, they're really connectors, yeah. like social networkers, like they have a lot of acquaintances and they know people and, oh, mm-hmm. hey, you know, this, that, but it's very, I don't want to say superficial, but it's surface, you know, it's not deep relationships. It's like, it's that Aquarius, you know, they, they can be detached, emotionally detached. They're more intellectual. Everyone's their friend, but they may not know like anything about them. They just know their first Yeah, we're name. friends. We hang <laughs> yeah. out all the time, but yeah. they don't know anything. Exactly. They have a bunch of people <laughs> yeah. that they, and they like their freedom and right. independence when, you know, Aquarians. So anyone with planets there is generally very, mm-hmm very restless, very independent, very freedom loving, very eccentric, very smart, intelligent, Mm -hmm. innovative, uh, rebel doesn't like really like authority or rules, you know, kind of, kind of likes to stand out and be unique. Um, but then I see the other side with Aquarius, they can be very textbook Aquarius, or I see uh, some Aquariuses are very traditional. They have that traditional side Mm -hmm. that I meant. And I'm like, you're Aquarius. What? 
And, uh, you know, and, <laughs> but they're, but once I got to know them, they are, they're very smart and intelligent, you know, like a site there, a lot of them have been psychologists that I met, um, and very religious, yeah. you know, either very open-minded, very open to other cultures and beliefs and non, not judgmental, but then there's a balance there. Some of them can be very religious and have a very strict belief system. So, and they're kind of like, you know, if you think about a humanitarian cause, when they believe in something, they'll take their sword up for it. You know, they're very passionate about advocating. So a lot of them go into social work, you know, people with 11th house planets or Aquarius energy go into the helping professions as well. But you'll notice that they don't take on people's energy or their problems because they have boundaries. You know, they're, they're in their mind. They don't take on your pain. So in a way, I kind of envy them because, you know, they are able to detach yeah. from people and, and not take it on as their own, you know, but they're friendly, you mm -hmm. know, they roll acquaintances and friends and groups and all that. And it sounds so, you know, it's just, it's hard to explain that uh, 11th house planets till you start digging into a chart with someone. And I'm like, are you a networker? You know, are you, a so you have a lot of friends that you <laughs> like to hang out with, but you, they don't really know you real well. They're like, oh Yeah. I don't like talking about my personal problems. You know, that's kind of Aquarius too. They don't like, they don't really are comfortable with emotion. Like so it's about like helping other people too and not exposing yeah. their vulnerability. Yeah. And they yeah. may get really uncomfortable if someone shows emotion because they don't know what to do because they like, it, like really dramatic. They don't like dramatic. Like they like calm, normal, intelligent, yeah. pragmatic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. So that's okay. kind of 11th house. And then 12th house is, is the, I think we did talk about last time, but it's the house of mysticism, oneness with God, mm -hmm. escapism, addiction, healing as well, uh, solitude, um, connecting with higher levels of consciousness, service to others. Um, it's that spiritual service where sixth house is practical. And it's the house of hidden enemies, secrets, uh, sacrifice. Um, but if you have planets there, you have to have some type of a spiritual path or belief because it's a house of suffering. Sometimes it's associated with hospitals and mental institutes and, you know, um, the monasteries, you know, so people that are monks, nuns, rabbis, you know, people that all, you know, are not in the real world. So it's about imagination, escaping from the real stress of the world, creativity, uh, so a lot of planets there can make you very creative. There's there's positive, but it makes you very vulnerable and very empathic. So it makes you wide open to people's thoughts and emotions and, and the stress around you. So it that's why it's ruled by Pisces and, and it's a water sign and Neptune, which is illusion and fog and sacrifice and, and you know, alcohol and spirituality and all these things, artistic abilities, but you have to learn to have boundaries. You know, when the, when planets are in the 12th house, having strong boundaries and, and typically you learn that from being hurt. And that's why I tell, you know, 12th houses are, they're fallen angels is what I call 12th house people. Cause they feel like they're not from earth since ever since they're born. They're like, I'm an alien. I am not from here. Am I adopted? Like no one in my family is totally. like me. <laughs> I am not. I just had an episode and I was like, I did drink a little bit of alcohol, which I hadn't in forever. I was like, I got to have some. I'm sorry. This is just an issue. And then I journaled and I literally the first thing that came out in my journal was I can't deal with these people, like these people on yes. earth. Yeah. <laughs> that was totally the energy, right? Yeah. Like, like I'm not a human on it's earth. It's like it, it is. It's like, they're so they have one foot in the but, spiritual mystical and one foot in in the real world. So they walk in both worlds. Mm. And they're forced to be in the real world because they have to survive. I mean, you have to work. You have to, they don't like to do that. They want to yeah. withdraw and they need a lot of alone time and a lot of solitude to heal and to recover their energy because they are being around people or groups wipes them out. It just, their energy, their, t their love tank is just, tr so they need that time to read and listen to music and be in nature and, and do art and, and have their own space. That's big for me. I'm a son in the 12th house and Venus I got, I have my own spiritual room, my office, and I've had it in every house I'm in. It's my space. And I come in here and do my stuff. I need that, you know, and I've always been able to have that. And, and so that helps me, you know, to kind of come in, in here and, and recover and, and listen to music or whatever I want to do. But uh, it's important nature, the water, being near the ocean, being in, you know, in the mountains, you know, 
is very peaceful for 12th housers and and they're meant to you know dreams and sleep and is all about a, a 12th house so a lot of them have psychic dreams they dream about the future they're vi- avid dreamers vivid dreamers some of them lucid dream and that's one of the patterns of the 12th house that i've researched yeah. almost out of a thousand charts 999 people tell me i have dreamed about the future at least once and some of them multiple wow. times like i did some interviews i think i, I pulled like 300 charts and like all of them except two had dreamed of nine, like nine eleven, the tsunami in Japan. Like, and I, I did too. I dreamed about both of those, and for years I dreamed about nine eleven in my journal, and I didn't even know what it was. And I look back and I show my husband, and he was kind of freaked out because you know he's not a believer in any of this stuff. He's Mister Practical, but uh, he's like, "That's weird." Yeah. yeah. So you know, yeah. And I knew I dreamed right. it. And I had multiple, I'm on an airplane, I'm jumping off, there's terrorists on there, you know, and at the time nothing was going on. I'm like, why am I dreaming this? And then, you know, and that's yeah. what they, and I thought I was the only one that did this stuff till I started my 12th house group and everyone in their dreams, everyone in there's had these dreams that happen. And, and it's like, it's part of the 12th house energy. It's. And that's a really great thing to um, affirm for you who maybe have had those dreams and you thought they were for you personally like I remember back when the documentary about the um the the children trafficking was really getting big when my kids were toddlers I thought it was my own fears in my dreams like because my kids were being abducted and I was running and chasing and then finding them and now you say that you know it almost affirms like okay like I was super vigilant and kind of paranoid because I thought it was like a sign that my kids were going to be yeah but it could be others, right? It could be the world and collective yes. that you're seeing in your yes. dreams, which kind of makes you feel a little bit yeah, better. Yeah, some of the, <laughs> like, thing, okay. some of the things you dream are not about your own life, but you're is you're an empath and, and you're as a twelfth house or you mm. an eighth house or two, you 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 pick up on people around you. So like when I would dream yeah. something and I remember a friend of mine that was big into dreams, uh, she said, It's not it's not always about the person you think it's about. You know, because I would dream about this certain mm. person. She said it's it's someone similar, and so I started, you know, really digging into like process psychology, like Arnold Mendel, uh, some of his work, where you actually go back to your dream and you replay it and be you become all the symbols in the dream, to the energy behind the symbols to figure out who is what does it mean, who is who is this, and that is a, a technique I learned in metaphysics school. And and I but usually when I wake up. I'll know who it's about. Like, like there's two kinds of dreams that 12th house people have. They have the clairvoyant psychic dream where when they wake up, they tell me they know it's about that person and they know what's going to happen. And that's how it is with me. There's no doubt. I know it's real. It's like so vivid and real. And I know the feeling I have. I have vivid dreams and other dreams are more symbolic. And then those, I don't have that feeling when I wake up, I'm like, well, it could mean this or that. And I don't know if it's really about that. And then I'll analyze it. And later on, I'll figure it out. It wasn't like a warning of like the future, but they always say that nothing happens in the, in the real world until it happens in a dream. So we usually get glimpses of what's coming and energy in our dreams before it manifests in our reality. So like tornadoes or all kinds of stuff. I I dreamed about, um, you know, big changes coming into people's lives and tornadoes are something I often dream about. And I know that means emotional upheaval when I dream about a, a tornado and it always happens. And it's usually the person I'm dreaming about their life because I'm usually safe and I'm watching it from a distance. The tornado come. And and then sometimes I'm in the tornado and I'm hiding. You know, You're like, oh, right, here comes right. the emotional yeah. interaction. Yeah, I'm like, OK, what is going to happen? Right. And uh, and so you'll get to know your own symbols. But that's the thing with 12th house. It's good to have a dream journal yes. for those who Everyone. are like, ooh, Everyone. I'm really relating to this, but I don't understand my dream. Yeah. Everyone yeah. should have a dream journal, especially 12th house people that have a lot of Pisces, a lot of 12th house planets. Dreams are kind of, we call it dream work. You need to work with your dreams because that'll help you connect to your spiritual mission and your purpose. And and some people are dreamers, some aren't. You know, it's okay. Some people tell me, I don't remember my dreams. That's okay. But I would say it's very rare if you have planets in the 12th house that you don't dream. 
I've found, I've only found one or two that told me they don't remember dreams. I'm like, you're the oddballs because 12 houses are like, oh yeah, I yeah. wake up and I'm flying and I can do what I want. I lucid dream. I'm like, yeah, you know, so it, it's normal. <laughs> and uh, so if that happens to you, it, it's an ability, it's a gift, it's a spiritual gift, you know, don't be afraid of it. And there's a lot of good books you can get to look up dream symbols and, and research and, uh, and know what they mean. Mm -hmm. Cause you know, there's all kinds of books on it. I love it. I love dream stuff too. Yeah. Well, and speaking of books, you have the book, the Phoenix and the yeah, Phoenix angels, yeah, right? Let me, let me grab it. I got it right here. She has so many books she's written. So we need to grab yeah, all of me... those to read everything because so we can only get a snippet with the her mysteries now. of the 12th. 12th house astrology yeah. fallen okay. angels and then here's the phoenixes and angels mm -hmm. mastering the eighth and 12th houses these are my two two of my newest and then i have the sun signs houses and healing build this is also part of your gemini and 10th house is all okay. the book book writing yes. right <laughs> and my north node is in the third house of scorpio so it's all about writing and teaching on the basic yeah. level which is what i do these are all very basic mm. books moon signs houses and yeah. So anyone, if you don't know okay. astrology and you want to learn a little bit more about each sun sign and the basics of why astrology works, the whole intro explains all of it. The signs, the planets, the energies, and then each chapter I have dedicated to each sun sign, how they heal, how they transform, how they self-care, their health vulnerabilities, their gifts, their strengths, their personality, and their birth date. So you'll know their animal, you know, and their symbol. And so um, I love the the sun signs and the moon signs are probably two of my favorite books, honestly, because, um, I wrote it so anyone could learn astrology. That was kind of my goal of do, of writing those books. Yeah. And then my Phoenixes and angels and the 12th house was for all those people, uh, the research I've been doing and the groups and, and, uh, cause of my own life, you know, being yeah. an eighth and 12th. Those of us who've experienced trauma, yeah. a special book yeah. for us. <laughs> yeah. And I wanted to be more positive because mm. my first book I self-published was The Mysteries of the Eighth House Phoenix Rising. And a lot of people, and I shared client stories and emails that people had shared with all over the, from all over the world. I'd wrote an article about how I felt being, a, uh, being an eighth house person and just my own experience. And people write me back a long time ago before we had all this Facebook or anything. And I posted an article out there and, and I started collecting emails. And so I shared a lot of people's stories, but it was, it was, I didn't share a lot of tips on healing. I, I focused more on the trauma and the patterns that the similar experiences that everybody with eighth house plants had. So in this book, I want to expand and give some more tips you know, on how to, okay, we know mm -hmm. we all have these patterns now. How, how can we heal? So this is kind of part two from my original self-published book because people are like, this was so depressing, but it was true. You know, so I'm trying to, I try to get some more positive <laughs> insight and optimism into this book. So. Yes. But those are the 12 houses. Thank you yeah, so those much. Are the so we went through the 12 houses and we are at wow. time because we did 20 minutes before. Sure. Which I think is perfect because then we can title and theme this okay. episode accordingly, right? They can learn all about the houses. Yeah, that's cool. And I'll just delete the part about North Nodes. Yeah. Where I can um, come on if we want to dive into time. No Yeah, I mean, I got that'd be great if you. I willing. got the new book coming out uh, this summer on the notes. Oh, yeah. perfect. Yeah. Okay, let's do it around that so you can launch it and we can really hone in yeah. on the nodes because I do think yeah. that those are. Those are things that all of us are searching for because it gives us our life's yes. purpose, right? It gives us that kind of clue, like your soul is here to yes. do this. And then your soul is here to let yeah. go of this. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, perfect. We'll cover that then. So you guys have to subscribe and stay tuned <laughs> for Carmen's part three here yes, on the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for being here, Carmen. Um, I'll put the links in the show notes for everyone to connect with you. Can you say verbally, where's your favorite place to connect, sure. to connect with um, you? You can find me on uh, CarmenTurnerShot.com and, and then my YouTube channel, Carmen Turner Shot, and uh, Instagram, Carmen Turner Shot Author, and then Facebook is uh, Deep Soul Divers Astrology. Thank Perfect. you. Thank you so much. Thanks for Always a pleasure to talk to you. You too. You too. Have a wonderful weekend. Oh my gosh, that was so amazing. Every time Carmen is on, it's amazing. And she will be on again to talk about the nodes, which are so important. One of my favorite topics and 
deeply impactful things in astrology that helped me in my healing journey. So thank you so much for listening all the way to the end of this very long and thorough podcast episode. I really appreciate you being here and part of the community. Make sure to share this with a friend and share this uh, out into the world to help this podcast grow and to share this beautiful modality that helps us heal from narcissistic abuse. Grab all of the books and the links and the, the free stuff in the link in the show notes. So much to take in today. Thank you so much for tuning in. And don't forget, if you would like to subscribe and write a review for my book, Empath's Guide to Rising Strong, we are still holding that uh, drawing. It'll end March 30th, where I give three lucky subscribers a two-hour human design reading coaching session valued at $500 plus a signed paperback when you write a review and let me know. So grab, you can grab your copy on Amazon or for free the ebook in the link in the show notes below to, to review and enter to win. Thanks so much. Until next time, keep your unique light shining.